you are. Why Jesus? And we, we really wanna talk about um, the, the, who Jesus is and, and what that means for us. Um, Jesus describes himself as the light of the world, which is a big statement. It's a large statement, but he can back it up. And you know, when it comes to Jesus, it's, it's kind of, there's not really a lot of neutral ground. He, he's either crazy or he is who he says he is. He kind of can't be in the middle about Jesus. He's either nuts <laughs> or he is the Son of God. And how we respond to who he says he is is really important. And one of the things he says, he says, I am the light of the world. Not a light, the light. And as the lights go off, which is not by accident, the power is still working. But living in darkness uh, is interesting. It's hard to see in the dark. It's hard to interpret life in the dark. And what I find interesting is you can be living in the light and you can see with your physical eyes, but your soul can be filled with darkness. You can, you can see with your physical eyes, but be unable to see in your heart. And we live in a world where people are living in darkness, in their mind, in their heart, in their soul. And I was talking recently, in fact, I was talking this morning to our senior pastor, Pastor Phil Pringle. And we were on the phone and he's calling to say hi. But I remember having a conversation with him and I said to him, Pastor Phil, what do we do? Uh, because if you look around, there's so many people in our city caught in darkness and living with all sorts of darkness in their soul. I said, what do we do? I mean, what are we gonna do? And he said this amazing thing to me, so simple, it's so true. He said, you know what? All you gotta do is turn the light on. Did you, did you like that? that was, we took us all week to prepare that. I thought you'd be way more excited. All we gotta do is turn the light on because darkness flees in the light. Darkness doesn't, have much of an argument, you know? I mean, light is quite aggressive. When you turn it on, darkness leaves. There's no conversation. There's no talking around it. There's no even trying to explain the darkness. How did it get so dark in here? When you turn the light on, darkness leaves. And we don't have all the answers. I mean, I don't have the answers to every dysfunction and every darkness that people might be facing, but we do have Jesus and He is the light of the world. And all we gotta do is turn the light on. And darkness flees. I wanna, I wanna read a scripture to you, personal favourite. We're gonna turn to the book of John, chapter eight, and we're gonna go to verse one to 11. Any Johns in here today? Okay, let's pray for John. He comes next week and <laughs> says this, verse one, John chapter eight, verse one to 11. 
says this, but Jesus went to the Mount of Olives. At dawn, he appeared again in the temple courts where all the people gathered around him. And he sat down to teach them. The teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought in a woman caught in adultery and made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. In the law, Moses commanded us to stone such women, not get stoned with such women. It's different meaning. Now, what do you say? They were using this question as a trap in order to have a basis for accusing Him, accusing Jesus. But Jesus. Everyone say, but Jesus. Come on, say, but Jesus. I was worried and nervous, but Jesus. I was dead and buried in my sin, but Jesus. I was angry and anxious, but Jesus. Lost and lonely, but Jesus. Rejected and excluded, but Jesus. This is in the Scripture, but this is what happened to my life. I'm thankful that Jesus stepped in. And here He steps in to this woman's story. He says, but Jesus bent down, started to write on the ground with His fingers, something awesome, because He's Jesus. When they kept on questioning Him, He straightened up and said to them, let any one of you who is without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Again, He stooped down and wrote on the ground. At this, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first until only Jesus, everyone say only Jesus, was left with the woman still standing there. Jesus straightened up and asked her, woman, where are they? Has no one condemned you? No one, sir, she said. Then neither do I condemn you, Jesus declared. Go now and leave your life of sin. When Jesus spoke again to the people, He said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Lord, we invite you here today. We thank you, Jesus, for your light. Fill in our hearts, fill in our minds today. In Jesus' name, they all said, amen. Thank you, Paulus, you're amazing. Can we thank our keys player? Do an amazing job. You know, it's, a, it's amazing to me when you think about it that Jesus came from heaven to earth. I mean, that's quite a thought. He, he, he left perfect heaven and came to messy earth. I mean, heaven's awesome. But He left it and came into the middle of our mess. This is not a God who watched on. This is a God who so loved the world that He gave. And Jesus came from heaven into the middle of our mess, into the middle of our circumstances, into the middle of our situation, not intimidated, not worried, not scared, not put out by what's going on. And that is amazing to me. It, it makes me... Um, Think of a, an old, do you know that old song? Oh, someone get that? Yeah, pray for them. All right. But <laughs> there's that old song. Um, he came from heaven to earth to show. Do you know that song? You're just going to leave me up here, sing it by myself. He came from heaven to earth to show the way. I don't really know the rest. I always get it confused. 
It's quite a complicated song. But, but Jesus, he came. I mean, thank God that he came, that he didn't stay away. And sometimes you can feel like God is far off. But Jesus is the proof that God is near and an ever-present help. I remember being a young man and um, I, I went on a school excursion. And on this school excursion, uh, we were in the city and we, we were touring the city, which was not that new because it was Sydney City and we go there regularly. <laughs> so we're walking around the city and on the first day, I got quite sick. So I'm, I'm by the end of the day, I'm ill, I'm, I'm vomiting. In fact, sorry for the visual. And at the end of the day, I'm in my room and uh, my friends put me on the top bunk, which is a sick joke, excuse the pun, because I'm up there ill and they're down on the ground having fun and enjoying, enjoying school camp and I'm, I'm sick and I'm sitting on that bunk and it, it gets to a point where it's just too much. And they, they start calling the teacher, you know, and they, they start screaming for the teacher, Miss, Miss, help! <laughs> he's disgusting <laughs> and, and I'm up there and there's nobody helping me and nobody cares and I'm feeling sorry for myself and uh, yeah thank you and I said to the teacher you know what just call my dad I'm sick of this and being sick just, just call my dad so the teacher calls my dad it's now late at night my dad drives into the city and uh, comes and picks, picks me up. And, and I knew it was my dad um, because my dad, um, he, he, he walks heavy, you know. He's not a, a light-footed walker. He's quite aggressive. Uh, he's six foot four. He's quite a tall man. He's very strong. And he, you know, I can hear him from a mile away walking up the stairs. And all my friends can too. And they're like, who is that, you know. And I, I'm like, that's my dad. <laughs> and, <laughs> and he comes walking up the stairs, comes up the stairs and, you know, my dad doesn't open the door. He kicks the door down. <laughs> Not really. I, that's how I imagine it. I was very delirious. And he walked in and the, the, the kids are running around. He pushed him out of the way and he comes up and he climbs up uh, the bunk bed, which has a half ladder. Uh, anyone ever noticed like, why don't they build a full ladder on a bunk bed? What's their problem? Did they run out of wood? Like, just finish the job. Side note, anyway, he climbs up, comes up to me, picks me up, takes me off the bunk bed, takes me through, kicks the kids on the way, looks at the door, walks over it, takes me home, puts me to bed. So when my dad arrived, he did not look at me and say, oh, oh I'll take you home if you first go get cleaned up. I mean, I'm here, but you know, you stink. <laughs> Have a shower, wash up, clean up, and then maybe you can come home. He, he, didn't, he didn't hesitate to drive right into the city where there's no parking, come in, straight up into the room, pick me up and take me home. And it gives me a reminder of what God did. God came into the middle of our mess, straight in, not intimidated, did not hesitate. God is not hesitating at what's happening in your world. 
He comes right into the middle. Jesus Christ came right into the middle. I'm thankful for a God that met me in the middle, that didn't leave me in my, my darkness, didn't leave me alone. He came right into the middle. And, and in this story, here's this woman, and she's caught in a mess. Her life is in a mess. And the people of the law bring her into the middle of a crowd to expose her. Religion came to expose her for her sin. And they brought her into the middle, but they didn't realize that there was someone else in the middle too. There was another person in the middle. Jesus Christ happened to be standing right there in the middle too. And they brought her into the middle, and then they make this big scene, and they're trying to test Jesus, and they say, hey, Jesus, what are we going to do? Look at this. This is a mess. I mean, look at this woman. She's a mess. And the law says that she deserves to be punished for her sin. The law says, it's very interesting to me, that Jesus, who is the light, responds very differently to the law. The law that, by the way, Jesus came to fulfill, the very law that he fulfilled, he brought a new response. It wasn't the same response as the law. He stands there, and I got three quick points about the law and the light. The law took issue with the woman for her sin, but the light took issue with them for their pride. Isn't that amazing? Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. 1 John 2, 1 to 2 says, My dear children, I write this to you so that you will not sin. But if anybody does sin, we have an advocate with the Father, Jesus Christ, the righteous one. He is the atoning sacrifice for our sins. And not only for ours, but also for the sins of the world. Jesus came to take away the sin of the world. The other day, um, we were just walking up our driveway, and up our driveway, there seems to always be spiders, you know? And uh, who likes spiders? Exactly, nobody. And there's spiders all up the walkway, and I would come out and I'd clear the spiders. Problem was, the next day, same walkway, same spiders. Doesn't matter how many times I cleared them. I come and clear them, and they'd be there again the next day. And then one time, uh, my beautiful wife said, Alex, stop clearing the spiders. Get out there and kill them. <laughs> and I'm sorry if you're a spider person. But just where we live, we didn't go beyond that. Just on our walkway, instead of clearing those suckers, I got out like the boss told me, and I killed them. I got some spray, and I dealt with it. Guess what? Next day, same walkway, same place, no spiders in Jesus' name. Because the law was not able to do what Christ did on the cross. So the law identified sin, but Jesus came to rectify it. He didn't come to just reveal it. He came to rectify it. He came to make a way. So when Jesus said, it is finished on the cross, 
it meant that every blockage between us and God, every sin, every error, every wrong that I've done, that I do, that I will do, was bridged by the cross of Jesus Christ. Come on, isn't that good news? That Jesus didn't leave us in a pattern of just clearing away and having to clear away. He came and finished sin. And so these law-abiding religious people had a problem with the woman because of her sin, but Jesus actually reacted to their pride because Jesus made a way where there was no way so that sin was no longer a barrier. However, sin is no longer a barrier if we turn to Jesus Christ, but you know what can keep us from it? Pride. Pride. Self-righteousness. The biggest issue in that room was actually not this woman's sin, it was their pride because Jesus had a way for the sinner. But pride was the blockage. There's a great scripture that says, God resists the proud, but he gives grace to the humble. And wherever you're at, if you'll come humbly before the light, before Jesus, he'll forgive you of your sin. He'll make a way where there was no way, but we gotta be humble. And, 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 and you don't get to heaven by being a good person. I gotta tell you that today. Why Jesus? Because without him, there's no way to eternal life. Jesus Christ is not a way, he is the way. Come on, that's good news. He's not an option, he's the only way. Being a good person, I know you're a good person and I'm grateful that you are, but that doesn't get you to heaven. The only thing that gets you to heaven is Jesus Christ. One time I, I was flying with Pastor Phil, which is a privilege. We traveled to this place and, and he, he's a member in the Qantas Lounge and in the Qantas Lounge, he lines up and they say, hi, Dr. Pringle, come on through. And I stepped up behind him and they said, who are you? <laughs> I'm Alex Lee, you know, who? <laughs> and they said, I'm sorry, sir, but your ticket doesn't get you in here. Now, unfortunately, Pastor Phil had just left, had just abandoned me. He's off having a, a coffee, enjoying his time, and I'm still in the queue. And the queue is growing. And the business lounge people are getting angry. And I'm standing there. I'm, I'm like, are you sure? Are you sure? And I'm, I'm sort of trying to get Pastor Phil's attention, you know. Hey, hey Pastor Phil. <laughs> Over here. <laughs> he suddenly notices, turns around, comes back. Says to the lady, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's with me. And she says, I'm very sorry, Mr. Lee. Please come into the lounge. And I said, that's right. That's right. Don't do it again. And I walked in. The only way we have access to God is through Jesus Christ. It is not by being a good person. You don't get there because of who you are. You get there because of who he is. Second thing is that the law pointed at her, but Jesus stood with her. Amazing. It says that everybody left. Jesus said, hey, hey, hey. I mean, if you don't have sin, go for it. Do what you came to do. 
and not one of them could. They all left. And it says, until only Jesus. Amazing to me that the only one who could condemn her didn't. The only one who was without sin chose not to put the punishment, the the consequence of sin on her. He just stood with her and he waited till one by one they all left. And this is what Jesus does. He silences your accusers. If you have accusation coming against you, Jesus Christ came to silence every accusation. The devil says shame on you, but Jesus says shame off you. And he stood there and he waited. And he didn't respond. He just waited. He waited till they were all gone. And, and this, is, this, is what, this is what the church the people of God, that's what we're called to be like. Not people who point at people, but people who stand with them. Stand with them in the middle. Stand with them in the middle of storms, trials, dysfunction, even things we've done to ourselves. I mean, this woman, it's obvious she had dysfunction. But Jesus didn't point at her. He stood with her. I... I, I I remember this young man I, I met who was completely addicted to drugs. And he started coming along to church. And he was coming to church, but still addicted to drugs. And while he was coming, he, he was, you know, he just had no idea what was going on. He, he would come into church, he's like, what is everybody doing? You know, what are, why are they singing? What, what is going on? And, uh, and I, you know, would just say, you know, bro, we're just, we're just excited, you know, we, we just love what we're a part of. And he came back the next week, 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 still addicted, still life in a mess. But he came back the next week, and he came back the next week, and he came back the next week, and he joined a connect group, and then he got filled with the Holy Spirit, And we said, you should probably give your life to Jesus first. So do that and then get filled with the Holy Spirit. And you know, he was so fresh to to church and and what's going on. I mean, he's he's swearing at the goodness of God. You know what I'm saying? He's like, holy. When When he was feeling God, he didn't know what to do. But we stood with him. And we we did the journey with him. We're not here to judge people's journey. We're here to celebrate their steps. And this young man started serving and God started to change his life. This is the climate and the culture of the church of Jesus Christ where we stand with people. So Jesus waited and he waited. The law brought condemnation, but the light brings transformation. And the key to transformation is grace and truth. Grace and truth. Not just grace and not just truth, but grace and truth. Without grace and truth, we've missed Christ because Christ came in 
grace and truth. It's both. He's both. And it's interesting to me because with this woman, he is all grace. Doesn't condemn her. Stands with her. But then at the end, having stood with her, having not condemned her, he said, woman, leave your life of sin. Go sin no more. Grace and truth. Reminds me of this awesome ad I was watching the other day. I want, you to, I want you to look on the screens and watch it with me. We got that? A bit of volume? And a bit of volume. Yeah. And we got volume. I mean, I'd love to tell you what's happening, but some volume would be awesome. Anyone seen this ad? Do you know this ad? I mean, look at this guy. <laughs> that, that's interesting dancing. That's a real white man dancing, isn't it? That'll do, that'll do, that'll do. So, <laughs> he, the guy comes in and, and the, the guy across the counter says, you know, oh, we got it? Play it again. Regular or chicken salt? Both. that hilarious both is better both is better both grace and truth it's both Jesus brought both grace that brings me close truth that sets me free grace that comforts me truth that challenges me grace grace that connects me truth that corrects me Grace that comforts me, truth that compels me. Grace that heals me, truth that changes me. Grace that forgives me, truth that convicts me. Grace that accepts me, truth that transforms me. Come on. Jesus came in grace and truth. And he says to this woman, hey, does anyone condemn you? Nobody. Now. Go. Now, reminds me of Romans 8 verse 1, there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Now no condemnation. And Jesus came to remove condemnation, but he also came to set us on a new pathway. And he is the light of our path. In, in 8 verse 12, he says, when Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Band, you can join me. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of 
life. The truth is we're all following something. We're all following someone. We are. And who we're following is gonna take us to a place that we start to live. And if I'm following the world and I'm following the pattern of the world, I will live according to that pattern. If I live following Jesus Christ, I will live according to his pattern. And he leads you into light. He leads you into freedom. But you gotta follow. Everyone say follow. You gotta follow. You gotta take steps to follow Jesus. And we have to allow our lives to be surrendered to him. I mean, I mean, to progress from just walking through the doorway into the living room, I've got to actually take those steps. And some of us, sometimes we can walk through the door, that is Jesus Christ, and walk back out the same door and wonder why nothing's changing. Wonder why I, I seem to be stuck in the same old. But the key is, once I walk through that door of salvation, the door of Jesus Christ, the next step is to stay in that place. It's one thing to get your driver's license. It's another thing to keep it. It's one thing to have a relationship. It's another thing to keep it. It's one thing to have a job. It's another thing to keep it, to, to stay following, even when I don't feel like following. If you can if you can follow despite your feelings, you're gonna find yourself living in the light of life that is only found in Jesus Christ. The law brought death, but the light brought life. And I loved what Aruni said this morning. What an amazing offering message. You're on fire. And she stole my scripture. Or maybe I just copied you. John 10 verse 10 says, The thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. I have come that they may have life and life to the full. John 14, 6, Jesus answered, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is not a way. He's not a truth. He's not a life. He's the way, the truth, and the life. There's no way to God other than through Him. And we don't want you to wake up one day and realize you've spent a lifetime living by a way. Spend your life living by a truth, living a life, but never discovered the way the truth and the life. That's why we exist, that you would know Him, not just about Him, but you would know Him, that you would step through a door of relationship with Christ, not religion, relationship. So here today, bow your heads with